opportunity to come together once again. Now I thank you that all hearts are open and receptive to receive your word on tonight. God, sanctify us in truth, for thy word is true. And I thank you, God, and I praise you, God, for everything that you have done, everything that you're doing here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. Thank you that we are crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Is everybody through with the test? Okay. Tonight, I'm just going to add a little bit more to what we went over last week. We've been talking about tithing, and I pray that everybody has gotten something out of this and have learned a little bit more um, dealing with tithing and the difference between the old and the difference between the new. Last week, we talked about the tides um, for ministry, supporting the ministry. And I'm going to go over a little bit more scriptures, but I want you to be prepared to come up here and go over what we went over so far. Amen? That's a good thing, isn't it? So, we talked about support for the ministry. Jesus talked about it in Matthew 10 when Jesus told them to go out and don't take nothing um, when they go for their journey because basically they would be supplied for. So that's dependent on God and God alone. So that's Matthew 10 and Luke um, chapter uh, 10. Both of those uh, talks about um, what not to take because our dependency is on him. Also 1 Corinthians 9 verse 8 through verse 14. This is Paul. He's speaking about how ministers are supposed to be supported um, for the work of the ministry. And also 1 Timothy 5.17 is talking about the same thing. Here go Paul. And he used these two things in both of the scriptures. Don't muzzle the ox that's treading out the corn. Amen. And Galatians 6.6, we went over um, that as well, um, dealing with that. And the last ones was Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 3 when Paul said, If a man don't work, he does not eat. And I'm not going to go over the other two because I see Kim and Jamie coming in and they're going to have to take the test. So I'm not going to go over those two. But I'm going to continue, I'm gonna continue uh, tonight um, on giving from the heart willingly. Giving from the heart willingly. And this is what tithing is. It's giving from your heart willingly. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 through verse 5. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 through verse 5. Y'all, I'm enjoying every bit of this because it gives us a refresher on what we need to be doing according to the word. And I'm reading out the expanded Bible. It says, And now, brothers and sisters... We want you to know about the grace God gave the churches in Macedonia. Although they had been tested by great troubles, trials, and tribulations, and are very poor, they gave much because of their great joy. Their deep poverty and abundant joy overflowed into rich generosity. I can tell you, testify, that they gave as much as they were able, and even more than they could afford. No one told them to do it. But they begged and pleaded with us to let them for the privilege, the grace to share in the service for God's people, the saints. And they gave in a way we did not expect. 
They first gave themselves to the Lord and to us. This is what God wants by the will of God. I'm going to start up here with verse um, 1. He was saying that he was talking about the grace of God that was given unto the churches in Macedonia. We know that grace is dealing with God's favor, is dealing with God's blessings. The people in Macedonia knew about the grace of God. And even in the midst of their situation, because they knew about God's grace, they knew how God's grace brought provision, everything that they needed, even in their trials and their tribulation, even in their um, lack of not having enough because of things that went on with the Roman government where they came in and they put so many taxes on them and they took things from them. Guess what? Because of their dependency on God, because of their trust in God, they didn't look at the little that they had because they were dependent on the grace of God. I want to say that again. These people did not have much. They were going through trials. They were going through tribulations. They were being persecuted. Why were they being persecuted? Why were they going um, through these troubles and being persecuted? Because they were standing on the word of God. So we have to understand as saints of God, as the set apart ones, when you truly stand on the word of God, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have trials. You're going to have things that hit your house. But even though those things hit your house, you have to be able to stand on God's grace, God's favor. You got to be able to stand on knowing that God has already blessed you. God has already favored you. God has already given you everything that you need spiritually. So it doesn't matter what the natural look like. You don't stop doing what the word of God tell you in spite of what it looked like. I'm going to say it again. These people were going through trials. They were going through troubles. They were being persecuted. But the Bible tells me that they knew about the grace of God that was bestowed upon them, bestowed upon them by them knowing that. By them knowing what they had spiritually, it didn't matter what the natural looked like. I'm going to say it again. By them knowing what they had spiritually, by them knowing that they had favor, by them knowing that the blessing of God had come in and overtook them and made them rich. They knew that they were blessed with spiritual blessings. They were blessed with good things through Christ Jesus. So no matter what the trouble looked like, no matter what the affliction looked like, no matter what the persecution looked like, they made up their mind, we rather trust God than trust man. We rather trust God than to depend on ourselves or anything. So your mindset, your heart have to be a heart towards what God has already done. This would help your willingness. This would help you to give outside of how you feel because you're not basing it upon what you have. You're not basing it upon what's going on around you. You're basing it upon the grace of God. Everybody got that? Isn't it good? So we see, let me call. God's grace that's keeping us. So no matter what you're going through, 
When you know his grace, when you know what God has done for you and you know what you already have, then you can continually do what God would have you to do outside of what you see. This is what they were doing. And it goes on to say that through all of this, it says that they had joy. How many of us have joy when we're going through a trial? How many of us can say that we have joy? We, we do have it, but we don't allow that joy to come out of us because of that trial, because of that affliction, because our mind and our heart is set more on that than we are set on what God has already given us. And it goes on to say that through these trials, through them knowing that they had God's grace, they would give, they would give unto others, even though they didn't have it. He said, I can tell you, testify that they gave as much as they were able and even more than they could afford. Come on, who does that? These people were given as much as they were able to give. It reminded me of the woman that gave the little that she had. She gave actually more than the other ones gave because that's all that she had. She was able to give those two mites because she trusted God more than she trusted in what she had. So these people in Macedonia, they were very poor. They didn't have much. And then Paul went on to say, but they gave beyond their ability. Come on, when you don't have much and you know you have little, they gave beyond their ability. What am I saying to the church? This is how our heart should be towards God. When we know what God has given us, we should not be afraid to give beyond. Why? Because our trust is in him and not in our money. We should not be debating on how much. We should hear from our heart. And our heart comes from God because God know more than we know. He know what it's going to take to live day by day. And if God is telling you from the heart, give it all. You give it all because you know God is speaking. You don't have to try to figure it out after you give it or before you give it. You open your heart and say, God, here is my heart. So Paul said they gave beyond their ability. Remember in the um, Bible when he said that when you get ready to gather, he was talking to the Israelites. He said, um, some will gather little, some will gather much, but it's based on the household. You know, don't try to go above your household. And when they did what God told them to do, they didn't lack in any area because they was following what God told them to do. Y'all, can we imagine Miracle Temple if we follow what God tell us to do and we on one accord? There is nothing missing and nothing broken. Two fish, five loaves of bread. Jesus took what they had. He lifted it up to God and he knew God was the provider. He just thanked God for what he had and he knew God was going to multiply it because he gave all that was in his hands to, and put it before God. This is what God want us to do. He want us to take what we have before we do anything and put it before him and say, God, everything belonged to you. What would you have me to do with what's in my hand? Y'all, we don't have to, we don't suppose to really go on 10%. 10% was a standard. It was a guideline that God gave them because he had to give them a guideline. 
But now up under the New Testament, we don't look at a percentage. We look to him and God will open our hearts because he know what's in your house. He know what need to be done and what need to take place in your house. The thing is, God said, I don't want nothing above me. He said, I want you to give everything to me, knowing that I'm God, knowing that I'm the one that take care of you. Your paycheck, I'm the one that takes care of you. Because at the end of the day, when the money run out and there's no money, you still got to look to me. So God said, that's what I want you to do. Look to me and come to me and say, God, this is what I have. Show me what you want me to do with what I have. This is what they done. So Paul said they went beyond their ability. They were poor people. And then it went on to say, um, it said, no one told them to do it. This is what I'm talking about. Nobody should tell you to do things when it comes to the kingdom of God. Because if you're in a relationship with God, you're spending time with God, God will speak to you. He will speak to your heart before somebody even asks you to do something. God's going to prepare your heart. And he may tell you, he may say, Apostle Amanda's going to say there's going to be a need in the house today. So you need to prepare your heart for that need. So when you prepare your heart for that need, the Holy Spirit is going to say, this is what I want you to give into that need. So as soon as you come into the church, I'll say, God is saying there's a need in this house and we want to take care of this need. I'm not even giving you a money money amount. I'm just telling you, God said there's a need. The ones that spend time with God and hear God, you already got it prepared before I ask for it. Because you're giving it what? You're giving it willingly. And that's what we have to do. We have to be willing to give from our heart. And this what what they were doing. They were giving it what? Willingly. And say no one told them to do it. And look at what Paul is saying in verse 4. But they begged and pleaded with us to let them for the privilege, the grace to share in this service for God's people, the saints. Paul knew. He said, wait a minute now. You're going beyond your ability. And I know you don't have enough to make it even yourself. And he said they begged him. They pleaded with him. Come on, Paul. We want to do this. We want to give to the saints of God. And I look at Paul on on one side and I look at them on another. Paul, as being the apostle, he know what these people have. He know what these people went through. So Paul was there in love to say, no, you don't gave your part. You don't have to give no more. But they're saying, no, we want to give more, Paul. We want to give more, Paul. So Paul, out of his love, was looking out for them. But they're saying, don't you stop me from giving because I want to help the saints. I want to help the people in Jerusalem. Come on, y'all. Who does that? Giving beyond your ability. What we do is we look at what we have and we sit there and wonder and ponder over what we think we should give. But when we know truly about God's grace and what grace have given unto us, what God has bestowed upon us through grace, just like these Macedonian people, we wouldn't have to wait for nobody to ask because our heart is always open to say, God, what do you want me to do with what I have? So he goes on further. They begged and pleaded with him. And this is the verse 5. And they gave in a way we did not expect. They first gave themselves to the Lord and to us. This is the first thing that we have to do. You have to give yourself totally 
to God first. Meaning giving yourself to God is saying, God, it ain't about me no more. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I totally surrender myself to you. God, whatever you want from me, that's what I'm going to do. God, whatever you will have me to do, that's what I'm going to do. You got to totally give yourself to him and say, God, I want to be a willing vessel for you. I want to get me out the way and I want you to flow through me so people will be able to see you and not see me. You got to totally surrender yourself to God. When you totally surrender yourself to God, first of all, you giving you, but then you saying, I'm giving you all my possessions. God, everything I have, everything I don't, God, I'm laying it at your feet. It's not mine, it's yours. I'm just a steward over what you have given me. So God, I'm giving you all my possessions. Everything I own, God, is yours. You tell me what you want me to do with it because I recognize it's not mine, God, it's yours. I totally surrender everything to you. And then you can give yourself to Miracle Temple, to the church. But you got to turn yourself over to him first. You got to turn your possessions over to him. We need to quit saying, mine, mine, mine. I work for this. That's pride. When we totally surrender our possessions over to God, when we get, go into our home and say, God, this is the home that you gave me to live in. I'm only in this home because you gave it to me, God. God, what would you want me to do in this home? Because this home belonged to you. I want your glory to be revealed in this home. Everything that's in this home, it belonged to you. How do you want me to use what's in this home, God? You turning everything over to God, guess what? For his use. Not for yours, but for his use. Guess what? I just saw something. I saw a stove. Women. That we don't even use. Women. Don't want to even cook no more. Women. For our husbands. For it to be of a use to anybody. Until we want to cook something. But when we surrender everything to God. God will be able to speak to your heart. See when you totally surrender to him. God will uh, put stuff in front of your face. That you had for years. And he said this is what I want you to do with this. He'll talk to you about it. And he'll tell you, this is how I want you to use this that you got in the house. It ain't to be beautified. It's to be used. Because sometimes we set stuff out and we want it to bring out the home, right? I do it. I want stuff to match. But have you ever had something in your home and you keep looking at it for a reason? You don't know why you're looking at it. And finally you say, okay, God, what's up with this? What, what do you want me to do with this? Now, I'm looking at this for a reason. And sometimes we'll say, well, maybe I'll put it over here. It'll look better over there. But then you're still getting a nudge because that's not what the spirit is saying. Oh, well, maybe I'll put it over here. No, that ain't what I want you to do with it. Well, God, what do you want with this? I want you to give it to Jennifer. Jennifer Simpson. Jennifer don't want that. No, because you ain't let go of it. That's why she don't want it. But when you totally be willing to surrender that, finally you get on the phone and you call Jennifer Simpson and you say, look, I have this in my house and I'm unctioned to give it to you. And you telling her what you need. And all of a sudden you hear, you hear ah on the phone and she's saying, wow, I've been looking for that for months. 
It was never yours. You were just holding it in your house. Do y'all realize that if we, if our hearts are more open to God, we wouldn't miss nothing? Because whatever we take out, God's going to put in. That's the principle of giving. He said, if you give, it's going to be given back to you. But if we holding on to something, God said, I can't replace what you're holding on to. Our thing is, we have all this, but we don't want to give up this. Some things that you buy might not be for you. It may be for somebody else, and God is holding it for the appropriate time to say, this don't belong to you, and I have to pick on Sister Denise. This woman here, I don't care what time of day, hour, whatever, you will call her. If I need a a jury or something to match, and I don't have it to match, she pop before me. I said, Sister Denise, I need so-and-so. I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. I have it on your desk. She was holding it for me. She probably held it for some of y'all. And she said, Apostle, she said, when I see it, it's on sale, I get it. She give it out, it come back in. See, we got to understand everything we have is not for us. We could be holding it for somebody else and God want to trust you to see if you're going to release what you have. Men, you could have equipment, and you ain't using that equipment. But all of a sudden, God put it on your heart. Give this one this. And you don't mind giving it. You're giving it willingly. You never miss it. But if you got something in your house, and God is telling you to give it, and there's a pulling on you, you're not giving it willingly. You got to be free in your giving. There cannot be a pull, shoulda, coulda, woulda, or why did I give that away? God told you to do it. So this is what happened to them. First of all, you got to give yourself totally to God. Y'all, this is the problem in the church with the saints. When you don't totally give yourself to God, you're going to have a problem giving to people. Because God is a giver. You got to say, God, whatever's blocking me, that's stopping me from giving the way you will have me to give, God, show it to me. He'll give you. You have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will say, move this out the way. This is what's stopping you from giving what you have. Some of us have a fear of lack. When you have a fear of lack, you're so afraid if I give this, I'm going to like that. God is not about lack. God is about abundance. That's against God. God is not going to let you give something and not give you nothing in return because he's going to go outside of what the Bible say. Give and it shall be given unto you. So they were so joyful, even in their um, being poor, even in them going through trouble, going through trials and tribulations, they were still willing to give. How many of us have things going on in our lives, and when things pop up in, in the um, churches, we don't even pay it no attention because we're too focused on what's going on in our lives. Who's going to pay my bill if I give them some money? This is not what these Macedonians did. They looked outside of what they didn't have. And their heart was so open, they gave beyond their ability. But they did it because they knew about God's grace. They already knew that they was richly blessed. That's why they were so generous, because they're saying that God takes care of us. These people didn't miss nothing. Because they trusted God more than they trusted the little that they had. So they gave of themselves. Once they gave of themselves, then they could give to Paul. Once they gave to God, they um, gave to Paul because they gave themselves unto God. So Paul was seeing 
using this with um, the Macedonians to encourage the people in Corinth to give. So we got that. Second Corinthians 8, 1 through 5. Now I want to look at 11 through 12. 11 through 12. So he's talking to the Corinthians. He's encouraging them to give by telling them what the Macedonians was doing. He says, so now finish the work you started. Then you're doing your completion will be equal to your wanting to do your eager desire. Give from what you have. If you want are eager, willing to give your gift will be accepted. It will be judged by what you have, not by what you do not have. So Paul had to tell the Corinthians. Now I told you about the people in Macedonia. Paul didn't ask for a certain amount. He didn't um, make them feel as if they had to do anything. Paul encouraged them. Now he said, what I want you to do, he said, they made a commitment to Paul over a year ago, but it stopped. They stopped what they said they were going to do. Paul said, now it's time for you to come back in since you got through what you're going through and meet that commitment that you made. Paul did not tell them how much to give. He was letting them know. He said, if you're willing to give it, you're not going to be judged by the little that you give. He want them to give from the heart. So it's a heart thing, y'all. You got to be willing from your heart to give when you give into the kingdom of God. God wants you to be a willing vessel. He don't want nobody to make you. If anybody is trying to make you give, that's wrong. Nobody should have to make you give anything. When something is put before you, the first thing you need to be saying is, God, thank you that you already have given me a heart to give. You show me what I need to give, God. And God, if it's beyond my ability, I'm willing to do that, God, because some of us stop basically on what we're looking at. But God said, Just like Macedonia, they went beyond. They were poor people, but they went beyond their ability. If we keep trusting in y'all and what we have, we'll never give anything. It has to be from the heart. So this is what Paul was telling them. In Exodus 25, verse 1 and verse 2. Let's look at Exodus 25, verse 1 and verse 2. This is what was happening in Exodus chapter 25. They were preparing to um, build the tabernacle. And God told Moses, this is what he told Moses to tell the people. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly. With his heart, ye shall take my offering. Why would God say that? Because God wanted the ones that was willing. That means offer freely. That means ready, eager, willing to help. Just like the Macedonia people, they were willing, they were eager to help. He didn't have to make them do anything. He said, you have to ask, though, because you have not because you ask not. And sometimes we ask the miss to consume it upon our own lust. So God was saying, I want you to take it from those that are willing. I'll give you an example of being willing. Let's say I said there's a need. In the house. That's all I got to say. Whoever heart is touched by God for that need. And God is speaking to you. You're going to bring that up willingly. But whoever is not touched. You're going to sit there. Some people are not touched. 
because they're ashamed of bringing five or ten dollars. So when our heart touch us to give, we give because the Lord is speaking. He's telling you to give. Willingly mean I'm eager. We should be excited, y'all, about helping somebody. We should be excited about giving. When people need me and my husband's help, we get excited about it. You know why? It's an opportunity to show them kingdom. It's an opportunity to know that God has come to your rescue. And see, this is why people look at Christians funny, because you can get more from the sinner than you can get more than from the saint. Sometimes sinners are willing to help more than a saint is. Because a saint may ask a lot of questions, too many questions. That's why our heart needs to be open and hear what God is saying. Sometimes God will have you to put some money in somebody's hand and say, just because God loves you. End of it. No explanation. Sometimes we want to know what people are going through. You don't have to know what people are going through. Whatever God tells you to do, just do it. That's between them and God. And if they want to share with you, after you bless them to give a testimony to say, y'all just don't know. I barely made it to Bible study tonight. I didn't have gas to come up in here, but I'm here. And God told me if I would just come tonight and trust him, I wouldn't have to say nothing. And God has richly blessed me. That's how it's supposed to be. So this is what they did. They were willing. They knew that the tabernacle that God was building a tabernacle so he could dwell amongst them. They knew what was going on. Nobody did. Only thing he had to tell them is, is to tell the ones that are willing to give into what we're doing. And you leave it alone. Because you're going to know the ones that's willing to give. I remember I had told Sister Denise when, um, before, what, two, three years ago, you know, you had an amount. People had an amount to give. I told Sister Nisa, I said, let's cut out these amounts. God want to give from the heart from now on. We ain't looking at no amounts. I said, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to know where people's hearts are. Because if people's hearts are where they were, if that was their heart that was giving you that amount of money, you're going to continually get that amount of money because that's their heart. But if their heart is not there, it ain't going to be there no more. Did it go down, Sister Nisa? It did go down. Because that's not where people's hearts were. Wherever your heart is, you're going to stay there or you're going to rise above that. See, people do it because people ask for that amount. See, when somebody gives you an amount, people feel like, I got to meet that quota. No, you don't. Because whatever's in your heart is what's going to be acceptable before God. Because, see, the problem is when people see their name on the paper and somebody looking at that amount, they're trying to keep that amount so nobody won't look at them differently. That's pride. But you're supposed to give from your heart. It don't matter what people think. People are going to say if you gave a million, they're going to say if you gave ten. They're going to talk about you either way, whether it's ten or a million. They're going to say something about you. If you gave a million, they're going to say they could have gave a billion. If you gave you ten, they're going to say you could have gave a hundred. Somebody's going to talk about you. It don't make no difference. That's why it's a heart thing. That's between you and God. And whatever God is telling you, it's his heart. He's the one that's speaking to you. Because it's God's heart. Y'all better hear me. It's not yours. Your heart can't give like God can. So when God is speaking to you from his heart, that's him saying, this is what you can do. Because he know you. 
He know what you have. He know what you're going to have even before you have it. Isn't God just that good? God is just that awesome. So we need to quit shortchanging God. Because y'all, this is the truth. How many of y'all, when you, it's something that you want. And you really want it, but you don't have the money for it right now. You remember how we used to have layaways? <laughs> them Christmas layaways. Don't y'all miss some of them Christmas layaways? Y'all remember Kmart and Walmart? You go get all these buggy full of toys for your kids. And you go up there and put your money down. And they tell you this is when you got to have it out. What you do? You set aside. You make sure, don't you, that you have the money you need before that time. How many plan stuff and you set the money aside, making sure by the time that event or something come up, you got that money. Am I hearing everybody? You set and what aside? For what? For what you want. How many get a calendar in here from Miracle Temple? Who set aside? That's why we get offended when the time come up and you feel like you're getting left out because you ain't got nothing. Because that's where your heart is. Your heart is more over here for the layaway. (laughs) This is true. It's more over here for what you decided you want to do than it is for the kingdom. Don't get mad, get glad. Y'all know where y'all at in deliverance ministry. To root up and tear down, you got to bring truth. See, some people don't see the light like that. I remember um, Kim Costin back there. Kim was saying, this was wisdom speaking. She said, apostle, she said, if people just take... And set some aside every time they get it. They'll have it. It won't be a problem. Every time you get it in your hand. Here, put this here. Because if you don't put it there, McDonald's got it. McDonald's get more than the churches. Come on, why do you think they have them dollar teas? Big dollars. Them went up on them now, right? Huh? Somebody say, Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Don't we fuss when they, when they go up on their prices. But do we pay for it? Wait a minute now. How many of us, we budget our meals? If we want to go out and eat somewhere, we know what it's going to cost and what it's going to take. Come on. Do we not? We know the price that we, we know what we're going to pay them, right? So we budget it out so we can eat their food. How many eat in here on Tuesdays and Sundays? Jennifer Simpson say every Tuesday and Sunday. You eating God's food, ain't you? It's kingdom food. Spiritual food. And people don't think God's house need nothing. But what they want to give us house. But when you go into to get a pair of shoes, even when they give it to you 50% off, you still paying the amount they want. Taxes too. Taxes getting theirs. Right? You still paying that. But when it comes to the kingdom, we dictate on what we should pay. Ten dollars. 
I think that's just too much for a meal. Now, I don't know why they charging $10 like that. They need to be. But you went and bought those shoes. They were 75 And they had a percentage off. Oh, let me go somewhere. You want a pair of Nikes? You want a pair of, uh, what's the other name brand? Jordans? Under who? Under Armour? You want all them peoples. They ain't nothing but a name. We want Michael Coy. We want Brahmin. What do we do when we want them? We go get them. Right? We figure out a way how we going to get them. We watch sales. We get little uh, coupons, don't we? Take it off there. Take it off. It's going to be less. Come into church. No matter how much they take off, still too much. That's just a demon in the church. Still too much. Anybody got mad yet? You get ready to be delivered. Come on, it's nothing but the truth. Hmm. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through verse 8. I'll leave that alone. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 through verse 8. I'm reading out the expanded Bible again. Paul is still talking to the Corinthians. He said, remember this. The person who plants a little, so sparingly, will have a small harvest, also reap sparingly. But the person who plants a lot, sows generously, bountifully, will have a big harvest, also reap generously and bountifully. There's a difference, ain't it? When you sow little, you get what? When you sow what? Generously, bountifully, you get a what? A harvest. Each of you should give as you have decided in your heart to give. You should not be sad when you give or give reluctantly. And you should not give because you feel forced to give out of compulsion. For God loves the person who gives happily, cheerfully. Y'all, it shouldn't be a sad, uh, your face shouldn't look sad like you're sick. And God can give you more blessings you need, overflow, abound all grace to you. Then you will always have plenty of everything. In all things at all times, you will have all you need. Enough to give, abounding, overflowing in every good work. Do you see how it works? This is how the kingdom works. When you give little, you're going to get little. Got something else for you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Don't get mad at the person who's giving bountifully and you see in their big harvest. And you keep giving little and you see in your little harvest. The Bible explains itself. So why do we get mad at people every time we see them overflow coming to their house? You ain't in the word because God is not going to go back on his word. Because if they're given bountifully, if they're given generously, if they're given more than what's asked, God said, wait a minute. Boom. You done gave more than what they asked. You ain't gambling and giving it just to get more. You giving it because that's where your heart is. You giving outside of your paycheck. You giving outside of whom you owe because you're giving from the heart and you don't have a problem giving. Why do people get mad? You know, we have secret givers because they don't want people to get mad because they gave more. They shouldn't get mad 
Because if that's not where they are, give where you are. But don't stop a person giving an overflow. Because it's just going to flow back based on how you gave it. We need to quit talking about one another based on what this one do or based on what that one don't do. If they don't do it, they just don't do it. They're just missing out on what the word says. That's all. So he was saying that you got to give from the heart. You got to be willing to give. You can't just give it because somebody is saying give it. You got to give it because you know this is your heart. Your heart is giving as the Lord's heart is. And it said, and God can give you more blessings than you need. Overflow, abound all grace to you. When God gives to us, y'all, he gives us overflow. You know why? So you can sow into something else. Isn't that awesome? That's like an investment. You keep investing and investing and investing. It's coming back to you, isn't it? Because you invested in these in, into the kingdom. God is just opening up heaven and allowing the overflow to come to you. And so you can sow into everything that, that need to be sown into. I know a person, this person will just keep sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing. And every time they keep sowing, they keep getting blessed and blessed and blessed. And they just keep the flow going. Just keep the flow going. And God is just steady blessing. It may not come in money. It may come in other ways. But God is blessing because he made a promise to us. So don't give grudgingly. Don't give in sorrow. Don't give in like you got pain in your body. Don't give in like, don't give like you're constipated. Give freely. Open your hands and give freely. You give, you're going to receive because that's what the word of God says. This is how it's supposed to be in the kingdom, y'all. We're kingdom citizens. We're supposed to act like kingdom citizens. I'm reminded of Teresa Waddell, and I know she don't remind sharing this with y'all. Teresa's been several years ago, and the Lord spoke to you about your giving. Do you remember that? Come up here because I'm going to let you tell us about that. Because that was my last scripture. I'm going to let you tell us about that. So we see how giving supposed to be what? From the heart. We're supposed to be willing to give. We don't supposed to hold back on who? God. Amen? Come on, Teresa. It wasn't that I didn't want to give. I wanted so badly to give, but I just didn't see what I had to give because what I had didn't look like it would amount to nothing. And so I would ask God, Lord, I just, I want to give. I wanted to give one time into something that I didn't have, and I called Apostle, and I said, I want to, but I just don't have it. I just don't have it. But Apostle was teaching on... um, us giving. And so I went to ask the Lord, and he took me to different scriptures. He took me in Deuteronomy, I think, Deuteronomy 28, um, the one that um, said, um, I am above and not beneath. I am the lender and not the borrower. And I kept quoting that, and he, I mean, it just got in me. Um, and then he took me to um, Malachi. I think it's Malachi 3, 
And I wasn't looking at it as robbing God. The way he was showing it to me was, when you give, I will open up the wonders of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room to receive. He said, try me in this. And that's what kept sticking to me. Try me in this. Try me in this. How are you going to know if you don't try? How are you going to know that what I'm saying to you is real? How are you going to believe? How are you going to trust if you're not doing it? So I did it, just whatever, I did it, and he did it. When he said, try me, he showed me everything. Um, I was the lender and not the borrower. I was above and not beneath. I was the head and not the tail and everything. And even um, I thought about when Apostle was teaching, um, I think it was the same year that I had got sick, I think last year. And um, an event was coming up, and I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to pay? And 500 came in my spirit. So I said, okay, Lord. Lord, I don't know where, how, but that's what you said, so I'm going to trust you, and it's going to come, and I'm going to do it. And I started on it, and I got sick, and I remember sending a little then, and then I said, okay, God, I think I called Sister Denise. I think I said, I, this was what, you know, the Lord, Miss Deborah, uh-huh. And I told Miss Deborah, and I didn't have to tell anybody, but I told Miss Deborah, cause, so that I could be held accountable. Mm-hmm. But see, I knew what the Lord had told me, but somebody else needed to know too, so I could be held accountable. Miss Deborah, she called me every once in a while, and she said, I said, okay, Miss Deborah, I ain't forgot. I got it. I'm on it. But when I got sick, and I still gave some more, but I said, okay, God, I felt like I had um, not um, fulfilled what I was supposed to do. And I'm like, but then God let me know, you still have time, even though it wasn't all paid at that event because I was out. But I said to her sister niece, by the end of the year, I'm going to make up for what I said I was going to do. And it didn't stop any of the other things that was still going on because I was still uh, paying in it in. But I still did what God told me to do because it was stuck here and he gave it to me. And I want to say this. Please quit saying, God say do this. And it don't get done. Because if God say do it, it's going to get done. Because he's going to show you how it's going to get done. Don't just come up with something and you saying God said. Because if God said it, he don't lie. He's going to bring in what he said. Because that's just how good he is. And God already know where you are. So we can't lie to God. And when you stand in front of people and tell people this is what you're going to do, You best be saying, this is what I want to do. God ain't told me nothing. But this is what I come up with. Don't be blaming it on God. Because at the end of the day, when you done told all them people, when they see you, they don't see your name. They see liar. They see that spirit. So be careful. That's why we have to seek God and say, God, you know what's coming up. You know what I'm able to do. You know what's going to come in my house. You know what this house have. You know what this house don't have. But God, you know where my heart is for you. So God, whatever you want me to do, this is what I'll do. And guess what? God, give us enough time to spend with him knowing what's there to tell us what to put on each one. 
He's just that good, y'all. God will not fail you. God will let you know. Have anybody um, dealing with your light bill? That fluctuate, don't it? Doesn't it? You can't balance a light bill. If anybody balances a light bill, that's because they cut everything off. I mean, cut it off. Cut it off and just be really saying, I, I just cut you off. That's the only way I can keep you steady. And sometimes you cut it off and you still look at the bill and say, they gave me somebody else's bill because I know I ain't have nothing on, right? So what you do, you look at that light bill and you hoping and you praying that it decrease instead of increasing, don't we? Y'all, this is no lie. That's what we do. But let me tell you something. We have the money for it. I don't care how high it gets. Who get the money for that light bill? Don't we find money for these light bills? Who who want to uh, not have air? I don't know about you. But when I was growing up, we didn't have much of it. And you get it now, when them lights go out doing these storms, you calling Jesus. Send the wind. Send the wind. <laughs> you open every window, every door you can. And you'd be right by I'm trying to breathe. <laughs> so we try to keep the, that light bill right, right? Y'all just go back and think of what we do in the natural. And compare the natural to what we do for the supernatural. Which one is higher and which one is lower? Come on, we just have to examine ourselves. We take care of the natural because we're in a natural world and we know if we don't take care of it, they're going to cut us off. <laughs> but God will never cut you off. Because he already supplied for you way before you even thought about you. That's just how good our father is. And the best thing that he done was give us his son. He laid down his life for us. And he said if he freely gave us his son, if he gave his son, how much freely would he give us everything else? So how can we shortchange God? So what we're going to do is go into why people shortchange God. Because we need to know where our hearts are. I always tell people in this ministry, you cannot get past somebody's heart. I don't care what they tell you. They may tell you I'm going to do better. But if they're not in this word to do better, they're going to go back to that same formula. Not from not leaves not. But if they get into this word and they study up on what we're studying up on now and it gets in their heart, they will start giving. What did Teresa say she did? She went into the scripture. She went into what was written. She started meditating on it. And then as she started meditating on it, she trusted more in what God was saying than what she had. And she started doing what God was telling her to do. She done it willingly. She done it freely. And you call me too, Teresa. And told me, Apostle, I just want to tell you this because I want to be held accountable because I want to do what God is telling me to do. And I know sometimes we can fall off of it, but she was determined to do it. She did it. That's a willing person. You cannot tell somebody what you're going to do and they never see it. God don't lie. You thank God we Ananias and Sapphira. We'll be dragging people out to church in the middle of the service. Because some people say, I'll give 10. Boom, you dead. Because you know you told a story. <laughs> Drag them out, Brother Terry. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. So this is what this teaching is going to show you guys. It's going to root up some things. Because if we got some ground that need to be rooted up and cultivated, 
This is what the word will do for you, and it help you to become more givers. Quit looking at people and look to him and do what he tell you to do. That's all it requires. Amen. Do we have anybody else? I'm sorry I couldn't call nobody else to go over the teaching, but do we have anybody that want to give a testimony concerning giving? Come on, Tyson. Yeah, one Sunday we had a, uh, a need in the church, and my wife hadn't got here yet. And all of a sudden she texts me and said, Honey, you got any money on you? And you know how pastor was talking about, put a little bit here, put a little bit there. Yeah, you know, us guys sometimes have that squirrel money. And, uh, <laughs> and I had that thing folded up so good. <laughs> it had creases on it. But anyway, <laughs> me knowing my wife, my wife is a giver. I mean, just a pure heart giver, and she always has been. And when she asked me, and, and I said, yes, I do, I do. And when she came, we did that. And when I went home and, and went to work the next day, my wife called and said, hey, you got to mail a job that I left 10 years ago, sent me a check. And I don't know where it come from. And it was right after Brother Manny was talking about uh, his wife giving freely <laughs> and he submitted to that and uh, 10 years I left that job 10 years ago and they sent me a check that was three times of what I gave my wife and I gave and I was like Lord I know you love me <laughs> I'm going to start doing this more often <laughs> is there anyone else that would like to share come on up no you're the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name. But one thing that encouraged me, this is before I started learning the truth of the teaching on tithing, do you think so? But I remember when I was in college and I got my first apartment, didn't have no furniture in it, <laughs> but I was still happy. And I was, you know, trying to live right and do right by Jesus. So I got my financial aid and I wanted to tithe my financial aid. But my sister in law, she called me, she said, Hey, do you need some furniture? I was like, Yeah. I was like, The only money I have is. 
Amen. But see, God heard her heart. Yes. God knew. It's, it's your heart, y'all. It's a heart thing. He knew that she didn't want to give up her tithes. But she said, God, I'm trusting you with this tithe. And it come right back. Right and the furniture free. free. Is that not Jesus? Yes. It's a heart thing, y'all. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It's a heart thing. When your heart is right before God, you won't miss anything. Anybody else? Okay. Anybody else? Come on, Calvin. Uh, been up for a couple of weeks and stuff. At uh, while well, I was telling Brother James and Brother Tyson. Uh, it's like my wife's brother up in Georgia. Anyway, got a house down here, had a whole bunch of tools, you know, um, air compressors, chainsaws, and so forth. Well, prior to that, you know, as Pastor said, you know, you got to pray to the Lord, you know, um, I want to be a little blessed. I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, you're dealing with my heart, you know, what you want me blessed with? He put on my heart what to, to give. So I gave that. And like I said, here it is, not even a week later. He, he's coming home. Well, Calvin, you know, I'm retired now. You know, I don't sold my house in Georgia. I got air compressors. You know, the new chainsaws I didn't ever use, weed eaters, and, you know, all this stuff. And I, you know, dressers, you know, just come to the house and just load your truck up because, you know, I can't use it the more, and I'm not wanted. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm like, yeah. So I jumped up Saturday morning about 9 o'clock and flew to his house and showing up, and we just loaded the truck up, you know, with a whole bunch of tools and stuff. So... I'm like, Lord, some of it I already have, so, you know, I kind of went to ask around, you know, who need what, and, you know, the Lord laid me who to ask, and some need some of the stuff, so I'm like, hey, I'd be there to give some to you, but, you know, like she said, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, Lord, I, you know, never had that happen, you know, just by being obedient to what he told me to give, look how he turned around and blessed me right back. I mean, when I see my truck was loaded with tools and stuff, it was loaded. <laughs> So I'm like, well, Lord, I thank you. And I went to cut me some trees down Saturday with my new chainsaw. <laughs> you cannot, y'all, outgive God. Because let me tell y'all something. God will bless you beyond measure. Because when you give God from your heart and you're not worrying about even looking for a return, um, when Calvin was saying loading down the truck, it reminded me of me and my husband. My sister, um, I was asking the Lord because I needed some new appliances. We had moved into our new home, and we were faithful over the appliances that we had for years, but we knew we needed some upgrade. Even though our appliances was good, I just left it alone. One day my sister called me. She said, I have um, a refrigerator, I have a stove, I have a microwave, and I have a dishwasher. She said, I only had this maybe a year, if it's been a year. The refrigerator was a double-side, big Samsung refrigerator with the big pull-out drawer, nice stove, flat-top smooth, the uh, microwave, and then the new dishwasher. She said, come and get it. You can have it if you want it. So we loaded that up, and what God allowed us to do was to take what we had and give it to somebody else, free of charge. 
See, this is what God does. He know your heart, y'all. When you put your heart into the kingdom and you give yourself totally to him, y'all, it was days I was sitting home and I would have a thought and say, you know, well, Lord, I do need some, um, need this or need that. This is no lie. Never opened my mouth, thought in my mind what I needed. It was not even an hour, two hours, knock on my door. Somebody come about five or six bags of clothes, tags on the clothes, the shoes to match, all this stuff. And I looked and I said, God, that's exactly what was in my head. Because my heart was on the word, making sure that y'all would have the word. But God knew what I needed. God is so faithful, y'all. He's faithful. He will give you everything you need. But we need to trust him more than we trust in anything else. Quit trying to do what the world is doing and do what God tell you to do. And it will always work out. And I want to say this, and I can share this testimony now. Y'all remember our journey with my daughter, um, our daughter, going to uh, UNC Chapel Hill and how God blessed financially with her going Um, to school. The next part of the journey was she had to apply for nursing school. Up there at the school, it was only 400 that they could get in nursing school, but all the slots was filled up except 100. They only needed 100 more students. So she filled out the application and she said, Mom, she said, everything on this application, some of these things don't apply to me. I said, I don't care what the application say. You already in nursing school. I said, I want you to see yourself in there even before you mail this application. God say you already in nursing school. So she mailed the application. She had to have it in there by December. And I'm here to tell y'all, my daughter called us one day. And she said, Mom, she said, "Uh, I got a letter from the nursing school. She said, I was scared to open it. She said, but when I opened it, say, congratulations. You have been accepted into nursing school. And the thing is, She's about the youngest one in the nursing. She said, Mama, these girls are seniors and look like I'm about the youngest. I said, don't matter. Because if God placed you there, God got a plan for you there while you're in that school. So let me tell y'all something. Me and my husband don't boast and brag on nothing. I boast and brag on him. Because it's in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. Everything you need is in him. You do not have to take matters upon yourself and try to make something happen for your kids. When you put him first, God already made it happen. So we have to trust in him so much with everything that we have. Because when we don't have, I know a father who has. And God will open people's hearts to give you what you need and when you need it. Quit being in a rush trying to get something that God didn't tell you was yours. Because if you get it ahead of time, you're not going to be able to keep it. And don't feel embarrassed about it. Because if God's hands is not on it, it wasn't yours anyway. But whatever God gives you, there is no sorrow. There is no struggle. It ain't dependent on how much you make either because some of us can make good money and we can afford to do things. But it ain't about your money because if your health decline, your money can't help you to save what you got. It's about his timing and what he wants you to do. So keep your focus on him 
at all times say, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Do the enemy want to jump in at times? Of course he does. Because he wants you to make you feel like God is not God. But God does not change y'all. God always have a plan for all of us. So let's make sure that we keep him first and totally surrender ourselves to him. And there'll be nothing missing, nothing broken in our lives. Amen. Anything else before we dismiss? Come on, Sister Denise. This is how I had to learn how to trust God. When I first started coming here to the church, then my husband started coming to the church, and he got sick in 2012. He was in the hospital for a long, long time, and I had two of my nieces, and I had my nephew. So I had to give up my nephew because I couldn't keep three kids, so I had to give them up. So I gave my nephew up to another family member, and I had the two kids. So there was times when Willie was in the hospital, and I was out of work. He wasn't getting a paycheck. I mean, he stayed in the hospital from November the 19th, i never forget it, to came home on Christmas Eve. Came home on Christmas Eve. That was the hardest time of my life. It was like I was worried about my job because I was out with my husband. And it was just like I was in a whirlwind, worrying about my nieces that was with me, worrying about how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do that. And one day I was at work, and i never forget it. I went to work that day. Then I had to come back, get off work, and go back to the hospital where my husband was. And it's like I was about to lose my mind, I'm telling you. It's like the bills were piling up. My check wasn't enough. And one day I just said, God, if I lose it all, I will have my soul because I'm learning how to trust you. I'm learning how to depend on you. I cannot do it myself. That's when I learned how to depend on God. And that's when I found out it wasn't about Denise. Denise had to die so God could rise up in Denise. So that is what I started doing. Then I thought I made it through pretty good there. And then in 2014, it hit me again. My husband got sick. And he was going through. And I said, God, if you bought me through this, you will bring me through that. If you bought me through that, you will bring me through this. This is why I really had to learn to depend on God. I come to church. People thinking everything was all right. I was in pride. That's when pride broke off of me. God was just breaking all these things off of me. I couldn't get what I wanted. It wasn't about I had to get what I need. I didn't need that stuff. And one Saturday morning, I'll never forget it. Somebody called me and said, Sister Niece, where you at? I said, well, I'm out with my friend. We in such and such, such and such. She said, I'm coming. I'll be there. I'm a type of person. 
everybody know I love Kato's. I was in Kato's. Matter of fact, it was me and Debbie. Wanted Debbie. Me and Debbie was in Kato's, and I'm encouraging Debbie to buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that. Because something, but Brother John had taught me, you know, you need to get with Debbie. I said, okay, okay, okay. Someone come in that store, and I had put some stuff that I was going to lay away. And someone came and blessed me mightily. And God said, look at me. I brought you through that. I brought you through this. And look how I done blessed you with what you wanted. Not what I needed. He supplied a want for me. And he showed me that he was God. And ever since then, when I learned to trust God with everything I have, I mean, I've always given, been a giving person, even when I was a sinner. I was given, I always been a giving in person. I would take the clothes, and somebody said, Denise, I like that. I said, okay, I bring it to you tomorrow. You're going to have to wash it. Sister Burgess can tell you that. I've always been that way. But, you know, God has got to take you to your lowest, lowest, lowest. You got to learn to walk in humility, and that was humility for me. When my husband was sick and we didn't have what we used to have and it was only my little paycheck, but when I learned to depend on God, it was just so awesome. I'm going to tell y'all, now, I have Aflac, and I hadn't found no Aflac. My husband was in the hospital. He came home on Christmas Eve after I had blew him out and the nurse out, but, you know. He came home on Christmas Eve. I had left, and I was crying all the way home. And before I got out of Walk, I mean, out of Wilmington, my husband said, come pick me up. They're going to let me go home. I said, thank you, Jesus. I was so happy. But before I left, Nettie Ray, my niece, had called me, said, you got some mail. I said, girl, what kind of mail? She said, it's some Aflac mail. I said, she said, look like a check. I said, Nettie Ray, I ain't filed no Aflac mail. I don't even know what you're talking about. I said, open it up. She opened up that check, that letter. And it was a letter for 800, it was a check for $850. Why they sent it to me, I have no idea. But I gave God glory. I thanked him and I gave him glory because he looked out for my family because I, tr- I trusted him. And that's when I began to tithe like, I, like never before. I always wanted to tithe. I always wanted to give God his when I first come here to Miracle Temple. But my husband don't mind me showing this, but he, he wasn't where I was yet. You know what I mean? Willie was the type of person, we got to take care of these bills, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. And I would say, yeah, baby, yeah, I know, but we got, I don't want to hurt. I said, okay. So I told Apostle that, you know, I want to tie, but I can't tie. And she said, well, don't your husband get you something? I said, yeah. She said, tie it off of that. And I began to tie it off of what I had. And I, and I began to pray to God. God changed his heart. Then when he began to start coming to church with me, you know, he began to tithe. So we tied together. But I thank God because you, God will put you in a place where you have to trust him. You know, there are areas in my life that I don't trust God. You know, I, I, I still be emotionalized and try to do things myself in one part of my life. But in another part of my life, when it comes to money, 
that don't bother me. If I got it, I got it. If I ain't, I get, ain't. I know God is going to supply for me. Because I remember the times where me, Diamond, and Navelle would sit down in the middle of the floor. And Willie would be in the bed. And she would show, I sh- she learned how to do his pick. Because I had to get off work late at night. That won't nothing but God. Because Willie didn't trust her doing it. But God allowed her to learn how to do it and she would have that done for me when I got home and we used to sit down in the middle of my living room floor she go get her little piggy bank I get my little change and we put it together and we would count it and Donna said God auntie we can all of us can get a dollar meal all of us can get a cheeseburger or something that's what she would say to me and me and her would go get it and me her Willie and Neville we ate that night now, that's nothing but God. But God will have to put you so low where you got to depend on him. And I'm telling y'all, I depend on God. And ever since I started depending on him, I don't lack in nothing when it comes to my household. Nothing. Anything, it's not a struggle or nothing to pay what God put on your heart to pay. And I've got to, you know, if I don't have it, God has taught me how to go ask. And when I ask... I get the money and I give God glory for every time somebody gives me something, I give God glory for that. So when everybody thought that I had it going on, it was my pride. I didn't have it going on. I hit rock bottom. God allowed him, I, God allowed himself to get the glory instead of me getting the glory because my life is a walking, living testimony, and I should have been dead, locked up or something a long time ago. But God, I always remember that teaching apostle said, but God, and it's nobody but God. Amen. I want to tell y'all something that's so funny. During Sister Denise's time of uh, going through, she didn't miss a beat here in this church. She didn't miss a beat with whatever was needed. She set her heart to it. She was willing to do it even though she knew it wasn't there. And like she said, when she knew she didn't have it, she knew somebody had it. And she would let people know what was going on. And they sold into Sister Denise. And this is the funny one. That man sitting right there, one morning he woke up. One evening, he took a nap, woke up. When he woke up, y'all, it was funny at first. He started telling me a dream that he had about Sister Denise's brother Willie. And when he was telling me the dream, he was crying, y'all, crying like a baby. I'm like, what you talking about? <laughs> I couldn't hear nothing. He was the only thing I heard. And I'm like, you got to tell me. What are you talking about? He said, God showed me in a dream that Sister Niece and Brother Willie will not lack nothing. They will always have. And he said, I got to go over there and I have to share this with them. So me and Ariel looking at him, he said, every time I talk about it, he'll start crying. And me and Ariel just looking at him like, oh, Lord, what's wrong with this man? So we get to Sister Nice and Brother Willie house. And this is when Brother Willie was sick and he was hooked up. <laughs> this is funny, y'all. So we, <laughs> Brother Willie, he couldn't move. He was like this in the chair. So my husband... <laughs> was telling Brother Willie about what he dreamed. Brother Willie thought he about to die. So my husband was trying to tell him, Brother Willie said, I mean, 
sick man no more. He said, <laughs> Brother Willie was at attention, y'all. Like, am I going to die or what? Because <laughs> my husband was crying so much, he didn't know if he was at death door. <laughs> but Brother Willie said, his eyes got big. But this is what I'm saying. God bought to them a word and assured them for what you do for the kingdom you won't lack in not one area and they never lacked y'all and always made sure we had even when they didn't have she was still looking out for my house and people were mad thinking she was trying to score points with apostles but she was just doing what God told her to do. So I'm here to tell y'all, the closer you get to him, the better it gets. You won't miss nothing. He said he haven't seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread, y'all. Amen? So come on, man. Um, Paul and um, one of the people that ministered to him, it's uh, like Epaphroditus, uh, was ministering to Paul, and it says like he was sick, near unto death, you know. But it said, I thought about, but God had mercy on him, mm. you know. And and that's what hit me when y'all was talking about that. It said, but God had mercy on him. You know, because he was near unto death for the work of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Can we have the deacons that come up here at this time? I don't want to cut nobody off. It just gets better and better. Amen. Hallelujah. Thea, you raising your hand? Oh, okay. <laughs> 